Doug. Mm, hello, Karen. How goes it? We're grumpy. Yeah, we're grumpy people, guys. There's we're no two grump- ways about it. We're grumpy. We're going to grump through this whole episode. I mean, maybe not, but probably because, spoiler alert, this episode is terrible. It is terrible. You know, we I, cannot I, we cannot sugarcoat these late season, late series episodes. We can bad. just give you brutal honesty. Um, so I think they should have called this one Ham and Cheese on Rye because it was hammy and it was cheesy. Mm, okay. And the hammy was cheesy. And I um I hear this. I see it. And watching it just I don't know. It even feels like it feels like the the camera quality has gone down. Yeah. It does like, everything about it feels cheap. Yeah. Like I mean, I don't know. Terrible. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like I'm like, did they use a cheaper film? Like, why does this look all weird? Did they like did they lose their lighting guy? Like nothing looks right. Uh yeah, because nothing feels right. Yeah. I think one leads to the other. Yeah, everything about it, it and it's you know, the whole thing is like everything is so telegraphed for so long for such little payoff. I mean, we had whole storylines that were exciting happen in like three episodes time in the past, in the heyday. And now it's like all season long we're gonna wait for what? Lexi, who somehow has like all this power, is just gonna pine for douchey Ryan. And make these half-hearted plays and plot in, like, the stupidest of ways with all of your influence on this dumb guy because you think that's going to make you happy. (laughs) And, by the way, you're not interesting anyway. Of all the the people to pine for. Well, there's, there's something there, too, because this season has really been all about the McBrides. Like, Michael is continuously sidelined, right? Yeah. And even Peter has been mostly boring. Yeah. He's mostly been a solid guy. There was a little bit of concern about, oh, how will he react when he finds out the horrible truth about Eve, even though he's a murderer himself or an attempted murderer himself. Um, and it's all been about Kyle and being jealous of Amanda and being an alcoholic and about Ryan and, you know, Ryan getting with Lexi and will he or won't he with Megan. And now this whole reveal about the child. It's really about the McBride brothers. And, and, and neither one has the stuff. To, I know. To they, I was going to say they are both the weakest link. Like they're yeah. terrible actors. You know, I mean, as I candy ask as um, Kyle is. Rob. Rob. Rob Estes. Um, and he is. He is eye candy. Um, yeah, but... I'm not arguing. <laughs> yes. My no, silence I... wasn't my like refusal to acknowledge. <laughs> yes, for the record, I think Rob Estes is and has always been a really good looking guy. He's just like made of straw. I mean, like there's nothing to it when it comes to like building a character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's just go through it. Let's do it. Um, so we picked up with child endangerment, which where we left <laughs> off. The wonder kid who gets herself to the airport. Which we had some questions. A few were answered, but not really all of them. Um, but yeah, uh, what's um, Sarah is there talking to Michael and Megan. So there's confusion at the beginning because Sarah had seen Michael when Michael disguised himself as a priest and went with Lexi disguised as a nun to her convent school. So now she and, and Lexi said she was Megan to Sarah. So right. so now it's like it should be a who's on first thing, but it doesn't really work because like the raw materials are there, but no one cares enough to, to really fine tune them. So Sarah's like, you're not Megan. I met Megan. And she's like, no, I'm also Megan. And she's like, but I've met you before. So Megan, real Megan is confused about who Michael is and, it doesn't take long for Megan to figure out that Lexi was the other Megan. And then we go back to um, Poughkeepsie, New York, where whatever time it is in New York, figure like 1230 at night versus like 930 in L.A., they've discovered Sarah is missing. And we also see where Sarah has arrived at the same time. So 
and Terry is blaming everything on Ryan because she has to because she's horrible. So then Michael calls Lexi, who's with Ryan in New York, and Lexi has one of those big early cell phones. Uh, so <laughs> they know that Sarah is there and that she is safe. And Ryan picks up the phone and he talks to Sarah. And she's like, I needed to see you, Daddy. And he's like, okay, Megan will take you to Uncle Kyle, which doesn't make sense when you realize that Kyle only learned about Sarah a minute ago anyway. And like at this point, Lexi has known about Sarah longer than everyone but Ryan in this world. But it's but Ryan convinces Megan. Megan's like, why doesn't she stay with me? He goes, well, Kyle is family. And she's like, okay, that makes sense, which it does, except I'd rather keep Sarah in Megan's apartment than in Jane's house with Hurricane Amanda running around, as we'll see. Um, <laughs> but Ryan does have a point, which is like, well, I don't like Michael and I don't want Sarah to be around Michael, which is fair. Fair enough. Fair enough and right? also... If there was to be, like, a real animosity developed between Ryan and Michael, I would have liked to have seen that before this series ended. But I don't think we go that far. Um, that could have been fun. Although also a little insulting to Michael, who's, like, too old to deal with baby Ryan. Um, and and so then Ryan, I think, mentions that there's going to be a, a custody battle with Terry. Um, and also, remember her last week, Ryan, how Megan hit Ryan on the head with her lamp? when he yes. walked in on her. So now he has this Harry Potter scar on yeah. his forehead all episode <laughs> I, long. I have to tell you, I was kind of impressed that it stayed. Like, normally they like would have been from, like, From a continuity you know? standpoint, yeah. Yeah, from a continuity standpoint, I was kind of impressed. Not to digress, but you know how we keep talking about Yellowstone. I'm always very impressed that they keep the scars on their characters for, like, seasons after whatever bad thing has happened to cause the scars. But like Beth is going to have scars for the rest of the series, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But they're that good. They are. They are. They're, 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 they're more good. on top of things than Melrose was 19, 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. Indeed. Yes. Um, meanwhile, Amanda comes home late again to the beach house and uh, presumably a little bit of time has gone by between what we last saw and now because she sees Jane and Michael, excuse me, Jane and Kyle making up the living room couch, you know, turning into a bed like they're playing house. And so Amanda's like, is someone going to tell me what's going on here? Because I know what it looks like. And it's like, well, what does it look like, Amanda? Because if they did want to cheat, they each have their own bedrooms. But Sarah is already at the beach house. They're making up this bed because she is a guest and she's going to be staying with Kyle. And Kyle, even though he's never heard of her until now and never seen her or met her until now, is like instantly smitten kitten with his niece. He, he acts like all of his paternal instincts come out. He's like really sweet and really cute with um, Sarah. And as we see just a little bit of Kyle and Jane kind of playing house with Sarah, it's a nice look on the two of them as a couple and the three of them even with this surrogate daughter for the night. Um, so Amanda isn't completely cold to meet Sarah. She goes, oh, you're the niece. It's so nice to meet you. You must be tired. I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed in my room and you're going to go to bed in this bed now. Goodbye. And that's like... <laughs> yeah, she was kind of like basically... not unfriendly, but pretty dismissive. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> And so she, as she goes into her bed, she like takes a look back at Jane and Kyle, like playing parent uh, as we go to credits. So we're going to get into it in a minute anyway, but at this point, and you, I think it was just last week, you had said they're clearly getting Kyle and Jane together and they're being kind of sloppy about it. It's also, they're just not mining the drama there because by now Amanda has picked up on a vibe like us viewers have seen them building between Jane and Kyle. Um, but we're not getting like the truly good drama because there's so much passive aggression going on and, and stuff that's just being missed. If Amanda and Jane were really to become rivals for Kyle's affection, we should see that. We should see more of that. Right. More than like right. the kind of one, maybe one and a half scenes we do get out of it. Uh, like, that Jane is now the new Allison Parker from six seasons ago. So we should see, you know, Amanda is now Amanda 3.0 or 4.0, whatever she is. They've made her something new, not like the old Amanda and not where she was earlier this season. And, but now she's like an Island because it's not, 
Amanda doesn't have female enemies on the show because she's stealing the men or she's in a triangle. She just has enemies on the show because she's deciding to be imperious as a boss bitch, which isn't really interesting, isn't really defined. And I'm like, you're missing, like the end result of all of this should be like, really great fight scenes, really great scenes yeah. of, of tension between you, whether it's between her and Kyle or her and Jane, or if, like we also didn't really have enough of that even with Eve. Like we can have all of that and we don't. Speaking of Eve, after the <laughs> Do credits, we, <laughs> we can keep it short. Um, so, and I can't tell, it sounded like it was Eve on the, opening credits and I don't think it was her I don't but I don't know who it was um and Eve is having coffee in her apartment with Peter and he again says that she needs to get away from the club for a while and she's like no I can't because I'm Amanda's quote-unquote entertainment consultant and I have to show this terrible guy Tony Marin a good time and he's like what does that include and she's like be nice and he's like yeah I'll keep my mouth shut or else we'll end up in another fight and and they're talking about Amanda again as being like a real monster and a user. They're basically repackaging her from what she had been until a couple episodes before. Um, but they also have plans, I guess, in the following week to go celebrate in Maui. So they still have all this money from the oil. And even I, though I don't she was just going to like be the she... entertainment consultant at Amanda Woodward, she's also co-owner at the club and also still singing at the club even though she doesn't need to yeah and okay well maybe she does because she bought half the club peter bought a fucking hospital they've got to be running low on on funds they've got to well that's the thing they said they weren't going to touch the money and then they each dug deep into the money (laughs) boy did they (laughs) and they were kind of like well we shouldn't have done that but ha 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 like a mentos commercial um but i didn't get the impression that like and now they're scra- strapped for cash i know in but real world think that they are. money like yeah they, they would have be. you know hit the end of it yes they well they be. act like yeah like they're tied to all this crap um but for now remember they still have plans to go to maui on vacation um, so Michael and Megan each leave their apartments for work at the same time. So, you know, because Sarah was there, Megan didn't really get a chance to lay into Michael. So now she has her chance and she confronts him about why Sarah recognized him. And she like gives him all these potential excuses that he's going to use, you know, like, oh, people look like Michael all over New York or in a priest outfit, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, no, I was in Poughkeepsie with Lexi. Because we wanted to to meet Sarah and get to the bottom of this because she's in love with Ryan. And then on their flight in first class, Lexi is explaining to Ryan how she gathered all of his ex-fiancés together. Um, and they cut back and forth. So basically, Ryan and Megan are now caught up on what we have seen for what seems like 100,000 episodes prior to this. Um, <laughs> you know, Megan and Lexi's scheme because thi- Lexi thinks that Ryan is her manifest destiny her mr right and and because michael thinks that megan is just waiting for him to sweep her off her feet again and megan and i thought she had already arrived at this but she pieces it all together that ryan was coming to tell her about uh sarah and apologize and start anew and michael's like i'm glad you understand what i did because i still want you and lexi is like i'm glad you understand what i did ryan because you're my mr right and megan and ryan are both like go fuck yourselves because you're even crazier than i thought you were earlier today (laughs) yeah and okay and so that was that whole moment where they were going back and forth and back and forth i thought that was so cheesy you know but i give them credit for a trying to do something and b not making us watch the information dump of repeating everything that we'd already seen happen. That's a good point. So I give them that, but again, it wasn't funny. Like it wasn't milked for maximum humor. And I mean, you know, Thomas Calabro is typically our go-to guy to make anything work. And I think even he at this point is like, I'm just going to take what they're giving me 
and and meet them halfway and not do anything more because no one is really saving these scenes and yes these are scenes we would not have seen on earlier seasons of the show um you know like even sydney could plot the way lexi is planning but it would go awry at the end of the same episode as the ploy and then she would move on and find a new situation for herself this wouldn't be like uh, a January to May thread, however long it's actually taken. I don't. Oh, okay. Know. I'm like, I was like thinking about. It. I was like January to May. Where are we? I In real life, yeah. Also hard to tell. <laughs> Why? Um, okay. Right. So Amanda comes to, you know, one of those fancy restaurants that we see often. Uh, she's watching Tony having lunch with Eve from afar she doesn't join them immediately and she's telling some story about like she's such a great singer she performed at some huge venue when she was only 13 um like i didn't get the idea that eve was this this big and almost star until her arrest and and prison sentencing got in the way yeah like i didn't get that she was little orphan annie no I didn't no, get that she was Sarah Eve Parker or whatever. Um, I thought that she was just a high school girl from a towny kind of family. And, you know, then this horrible thing happened when she and Amanda were like senior year cheerleaders. Not that like she was on the brink of becoming Leanne Rhymes. Yeah. But by the way, we're going to have another reference point from, from the 90s in a moment. So... Um, Amanda comes to the table, and at that point, Tony kind of excuses himself, but he likes what he's seeing with Eve. So Amanda's pitch to do like this commercial for his cruise line using Eve as the star and and the singer, the voice of the cruise line, seems to be working out. And she tells Eve that she's going to be cast in the commercial because Tony loves her. Um, And I think she does say is one of the reasons, and because she comes cheap. I think she's like because you're free or whatever. Um, And then they keep saying, oh, because she did the Carnival Cruise Lines, they keep comparing Eve to Kathy Lee Gifford. Yes. Which (laughs) Which is, and I hate to be like, these things don't age well, but that's a dated reference. And I was a Kathy Lee fan in in the moment because, and I still am to it, like I respect her, but but that's a name from another time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and I think there's even another reference before the episode is over. Um, yeah, Kathy Lee is brought up a few times. Yeah. Or you mean there's another 90s reference? No, no, no. They bring up Kathy Lee uh, Gifford again. Yes. Um, okay, so this is a weird scene. I have a question to ask you. We go to the beach house. Megan is there. They're all on the beach playing with Sarah. This, like, loving family unit. You know, it's Megan and Kyle, uh, and then Jane, and and then um, Megan goes back up on the deck, and Ryan arrives because this is, I think, Ryan is finally in town again and reunited with Sarah on the West Coast. Uh, so there's this awkward moment between Megan and Ryan, and, and she's like, um, "I should really go." She excuses herself, and as Ryan emerges to the beach to to be with Sarah. There's this weirdness going on with Kyle and Jane in the background. They're like dancing and kissing while Sarah and Ryan are in the foreground. And then at one point it looks like Jane is playing dead and he's just carrying her around. So it's not me. You saw it too. No, I saw it too. What the hell? What What was going on? And we have no, we have no idea, right? We have no No context, no explanation. I'm like, were they just fooling around? And then like, you know, like, you know, like they were trying to film with the equivalent of like B-roll and um, they were like, just do whatever. And like, you know, the wrong editor or whatever used like the wrong clip. Were they like having fun? Do they think, well, maybe no one will notice. And I don't think anyone probably did. But yeah, like given that we're waiting to see what's going to happen with Kyle and Jane, <laughs> then they're having this, this tells us what's happening with Kyle and Jane. We so maybe Amanda is even less wrong. I know Amanda's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. I was like, "What the fuck are they doing?" Okay, so it wasn't just me. It was not. Sometimes just I you. wonder. No, it was. It, not it just was. You. It was bizarre. 
um, and un- and completely unanswered. We'll never know. Yes. Um, so then Michael comes to Lexi's apartment, which used to be Amanda's, and looks already very different. Like, the counter space is in the same position, but it looks like it's been redone. There are French doors that we didn't notice before. Um, so I don't know. And she, uh, I don't even know. She's basically just talking about how low she has stooped. I don't know. The point is Michael and Lexi are spending even more time together yeah. because Michael has nowhere else to be, quite frankly. Um, so Amanda's at work again at night again. Um, and this is, <laughs> And this one is extra shitty because it's not like Amanda just wasn't home to have dinner with Kyle and Jane. Um, Amanda missed a big reunion dinner with, I guess, Kyle, Ryan, Sarah, and Jane, I guess, Um, because Megan wasn't there. So Amanda is being icy and she's going through numbers and she's like, times are tough and she's going to have to lay people off. And Kyle is looking at the spreadsheet she has on her computer and he sees that James name is in there. And she's like, you can't do that. Cause his thing is you have to be a person. You have to be a human being. And Jane is a friend of theirs. Really more importantly, Jane is hosting you quite frankly. I know that, that like they're living in Jane's house. Yeah. She has opened up her house to you when you left your apartment complex of six years in a huff. Um, And so then Amanda finally clues us in that she does know what storyline they've been building all along. She goes, you're acting like I said this about your mother or your wife or your lover. And he goes, all I'm saying is you fire her. You and I are through. Dun, dun, dun. Commercial. Mm, And you know she's going to follow through with the firing. Uh, Well, I think we're left to wonder what exactly is going to happen. But this show has, like, shit to get through. So so they're not going to waste much of our time. Um, they're really trying to move this storyline along. But meanwhile, at the, after the break, Sarah's talking to Michael uh, at um, to Ryan that she cashed in Aunt Terry's frequent flyer miles, and that's how she got to L.A. But it's like... How? How? Again, did you do this How? on the internet? Like, I you know people like saying before September 11th, like security and airlines and booking and everything was different and it was lax. I mean, it wasn't that lax. No, there wasn't a way for no, a child to just show up at an airport. Kid. Still yeah. doesn't tell us how she snuck out and got to JFK like in yeah. the middle of the day like still doesn't answer most of our questions i didn't even know how a seven-year-old knows what frequent flyer miles are quite frankly i didn't um so that kid. doesn't really answer our questions but it doesn't matter because then there's a knock at the door and ryan gets served custody papers uh and sarah tells him that she doesn't want to have to go back sarah is cute in a not obnoxious way but she is that that showbiz thing uh i had a film professor who always talks about how kids aren't really kids they're just little adults and she basically is the smartest person in the room she knows all the right things to say and how to say it and how to read people she has social cues that most people four decades her senior don't understand um but i like her i think the storyline sucks i think she's cute um i agree she i think that she is a a, not and and I did not feel this way when we were first introduced to her, but she is one of the less grating child actors. It's true. She is. So good for her. Yeah. Well done. Um, oh, so here's the scene. We're at the Amanda Woodward agency. And th- this is also clearly written by someone who's never been at a corporation and never been part of a layoff. Um the whole staff basically gathers on the main floor and they're all being handed papers. And then Amanda steps out to tell them about the layoffs. Uh, Ryan just arrives. Um, and he says, sorry, I'm late. It's like, just shut up and stand there, dickhead. And then Amanda's like, it doesn't matter. You didn't miss anything. And then she goes into her spiel about times are tough. I've handed you a list. The people on the list are the people who are staying and you're going to have to work extra hard. So if you're not on the list, you no longer have a job instead of, you know, calling people individually into a room with an HR representative (laughs) and telling them about the news and all of their options and blah, blah, blah. So everyone was basically just told to go immediately. All right. So I have a question. So is basically everybody fired except for Ryan and, um, oh my God, Megan? Megan? 
Yeah, like is everybody fired except Ryan and Matt? I'm gonna say like. no, but we're not gonna see anyone else working ever again. So who knows? Okay. Um, but yeah, and what's funny is so Ryan being like, like the the like good guy that he thinks he is, um, goes over to Jane. He's like, "This isn't right." Oh, so Jane. By the way, spoiler alert: Jane is indeed fired. Her name is not on the list. Um, so Ryan goes over to Jane. He's like, "I'm going to talk to Amanda. We're going to make things right. Um, you've been here so long." And then Megan goes, "Hey, that's not fair. Last hired, first fired. That's not right to me." And it's like, Megan, you know nothing. But calm down. <laughs> you have a job. Um, and Jane's like, "No, you know what? It's for the best. I don't really have the stomach for this industry anyway." Um, and then we see her on her way out with like her big box of stuff. Uh, Amanda's like, Jane. I'm sorry. And Amanda's like, save it. What are you going to do? Tell me that it isn't personal. We both know it is. And with that, she leaves. Um, so, yeah, basically, like, you find out if you made the high school play, uh, the cast uh, or the staff of uh, Amanda Woodward Advertising has found out they don't have jobs. And Amanda has gone ahead and done what Kyle said not to do with an ultimatum. I have a, I have a question. So we'll see what happens there. I have a question. Um, So I know that we've seen moments, you know, like, like in front of the fire, Kyle and Jane almost kiss. Like, you know that they have these feelings. Oh, I have, I have an answer for this. Continue. Yeah. Okay. Not once have we have, do I believe we've had Amanda experience this between the two of them? And now all of a sudden she's like, well, I know you got the hots for my husband. Like, where did that come from? This is what I was referring to at the top of the podcast. Exactly. They have missed all of the key moments. We've not seen Amanda get suspicious. We've not seen Amanda witness any moment. We've not seen Amanda see anything that was like a miscommunication to get her dander up. It also goes against everything that she and Kyle tried to solidify in the last season and a half with, you know, their, all of the reasons they were willing to give up on their relationship and marriages. Um, the closest I feel like we saw was either one or two episodes before when, when like Kyle and Jane had breakfast before Amanda was up and, and you know, and then Amanda came and talked to Kyle at the construction site. But there wasn't enough there to light a fire under Amanda or for Amanda, like, A, for Amanda to really suspect that Jane would do something like this. B, equally importantly, for Amanda to really view, like, Jane as a rival. Because, like, I like that Jane has, you know, become more of an adult since we saw her at the beginning of the show. But but Jane is no match for Amanda in pretty much any arena. Mm-hmm. So true. So like the idea that like Jane could so successfully make a play for her husband in just a few days after they have basically recommitted to each other is stupid. But we needed something. We needed something for Amanda, who's never in the house in the first place, to have witnessed it, to witness something like some exchange between Kyle and Jane that would raise her dander. And then for Amanda to ask Jane something, for Jane to say, of course not, there's nothing going on, I'm friends with both of you, for then to Amanda to witness something that would seem to contradict it, and that would be what sets her off. And if they were doing what they were doing earlier this season, then Lexi would have been right there to to tell that to Amanda right. to catch on to this and then be like, by the way, Amanda, I see Jane and Kyle at, at the bar all the time. And it's clear there's a vibe like something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. That's something happen. to be incorrect, but, but just to lead her down that path the way like Eve led Kyle down that path earlier this season, something like that, but it didn't really happen. They just are rushing it all along to get us where I think they want us to be at the end of the, the episode, but we'll get there. We're getting there. Um, for now, speaking of Lexi, she approaches Sarah at the beach. And at first I was like, is anyone watching Sarah? Because she's clearly shown like she's a great kid, but needs to be supervised. Um, and but then I see that Kyle is there. And he's like, what are you doing here? Um, and Lexi, who is, again, still a stranger, is like, I was going to offer for you to come with me to Disneyland. 
And Kyle pulls her away and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, you make it sound like I have an agenda. And she goes, nothing. I just love children. And she goes, what children have you ever been with aside from Michael? And she just like huffs away and leaves. And that is probably the line of the night. And then there's a cute moment where Sarah is like, but when are you going to take me to Disneyland, Uncle Kyle? Or something like that. Um, And... Uh, yeah, like the whole thing of like Lexi continually coming for Sarah is weird. But also the idea that Sarah is not supervised at all times, especially when Ryan needs to be worried about a custody battle, is also dumb. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think that. I mean, we we know that they're not thinking about this. You know, I you know we know like well, it, I yeah. kind of this I can kind of understand. You know, um, because doesn't that kind of also often happen with children in on TV or in film? Like they're not supervised until something goes wrong, and then they're like, they were just here. You know, like do you know what I mean? Like I always feel like they're kind of. They're, it's never they're right. It doesn't matter until it, it. It matters until yeah. it doesn't. Right. It matters like, yeah. Until, yeah. Exactly. It doesn't matter until suddenly it does. Matter. Um, yeah. So that didn't bug me so right. much as Am- then, as oh, Amanda having this read on Jane and Kyle that we've never had before. Like she has no reason to have the read. Oh yeah, in terms of like sloppiness and yeah. shoehorning, yeah, they win. Yeah, that for sure. Um, because that will alter the whole landscape of this series as we know it. Yeah. Um, oh, so Peter joins Eve at Kyle's, um, and she's popped open champagne to celebrate being the spokeswoman, uh, for the cruise line. And she says she owes it to Amanda as much as Peter doesn't like hearing it. And then there's another Kathy Lee Gifford reference. Uh, I hope there are people listening to this who remember who Kathy Lee Gifford was. But once upon a time, she hosted a really popular morning talk show with the late Regis Philbin. And now Ryan Seacrest and Kyle Ripa uh, host it and uh, eat maybe once a week. And that's where things are now. Um, Okay, so the same night... Sarah is now at the office, like coloring or something, while Ryan is again not supervising her because he's in her his office, um, trying to like find the right song to use uh, as a jingle for a client. So he's listening to like 110 different Bossa Nova songs. Megan comes in, sees Sarah, and Sarah's like, "Daddy's in his office listening to these dumb songs." Megan goes to see Ryan. Uh, And then they start reminiscing about when they were together and the two of them start kissing. And so I guess they're not over yet um, because one of the songs was a song that they had like been together listening to back in like the episodes prior. And then Sarah comes in and interrupts them. um, And so they like kind of break off from each other, but they seem to be healing. And... And then Lexi has Michael putting together this huge dollhouse uh, that she's going to gift to Sarah because she thinks now she's going to get her plan back on track and it's going to benefit both of them. Um, And um, the only other note I wrote is this plot is so stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Jane is stoking a fire at her beach house when Amanda comes home. Um, And uh, in case you were thinking Amanda was going to be really polite and have rehearsed something like the right thing to say to Jane. You're right. She didn't. Um, And like, this could be a better scene, but they kind of blow it because they really, they just make it about Kyle and there's nothing that we've seen that positions Kyle at the center of this triangle. It's a non-existent triangle. If they wanted to trade in a bit more on their history with one another, somehow that could have been good. Um, but they don't. Amanda's just being nasty. Jane calls her out on things that they haven't really shown us enough of. We just sort of know to be true. She says that Kyle doesn't share her dreams. Um, and she says she is scared. So then Amanda says, listen, Kyle is mine. You go near him and I'll eat you alive. Which, like, I think even we know at this point that Jane actually has the upper hand here. Mm-hmm. Um, So the next morning, Ryan is walking along the beach while Sarah's flying a kite, more reminiscing about Megan. Um, 
And Sarah puts it all together about Ryan loving Megan and they're being like the great couple and like the perfect TV kid. And they have this exchange where he, she's like, does Megan remind you of my mom? He goes, no, Megan reminds me of Megan and your mom reminds me of your mom. What I loved about your mom was that she was so strong. And I think that's true about you. And she's like, well, I may be brave, but there was something that I was always afraid to tell you. And that thing is, I was afraid if you ever got married again, that you would forget all about me and mom. So that's why I said you could never marry anyone else. But now I see that you should marry Megan and you should think about proposing, which is like the green light he needs because he himself is an emotional two-year-old and his daughter (laughs) is emotionally 47. Um, So it's a, it's a it's a hammy cheesy scene to be sure but it's sweet enough because this girl isn't awful so I, i'll let it go like it's what ryan needs to move his storyline along which is fine because all these storylines just need to be moved along yes they do um oh so it's the next morning and uh, well from when we saw Amanda last, it's the morning after she's coming out of her bedroom or whatever in a power suit. Uh, or I guess she's already in the kitchen getting ready. Kyle comes out and she tells Kyle that today is the day we have to move. Um, and he's like, what? And, <laughs> and right. he's like, so he, he's, he's like, so you did it. You fired Jane. And she's like, don't even try to have this conversation. Um, and she goes, our marriage is bad. Do we fix it or just put it out of its misery? And she's like already made up her mind that she's just done with everything. Before Kyle even had a chance to make good on his ultimatum. And um, so she tells him that he can't keep up with her. And they sort of take their fight outside. And Amanda drives away as Jane emerges from the house. She comes outside in a bathrobe. And Kyle is mad and he throws a big rock that... that hits and destroys Amanda's rear windshield. Um, so Jane that sees was unnecessary. This. It was unnecessary because it actually, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Like Amanda yeah. drives off because she's leaving the marriage and Kyle is mad and he's already said his piece. If you wanted to say like Kyle's temper is coming back or this is going to throw him off the wagon, then that's a signal, but that's not happening. But that's here. not what it was. It's yeah. just something to be dramatic and it doesn't add anything. No, it doesn't. Um, and then ugh, Lexi comes over to Ryan's um, when Sarah's there, I think alone, and she's seeing the dollhouse and, or, you know, the dollhouse is already there. So Lexi is like, hey, I have tickets for the circus. And she's like, uh, I don't want to go to the circus. And Lexi's like, you're right. It's very smelly. Uh, why don't I take you shopping on Rodeo Drive? And Sarah's like, you don't have to win me over. Um, like you're not going to get my dad by winning me over. And from everything that I see, Megan is the one for my dad. So then Lexi is like, well, why didn't I take you to Spago? There's lots of celebrities there. (laughs) Um, And finally, Sarah's like, "Uh, no, thanks. Like, please leave. And she like closes the door on Lexi and rolls her eyes. Um, And it's cute. But again, it was kind of great. But again, how did, Um, how did we never saw her giving the, the the doll this enormous dollhouse to the kid like you just i just kind of was like what did we miss you know do you know what i mean because we didn't see that no we didn't we didn't see sarah be like why is this crazy woman who said she was megan coming here all the time (laughs) and why is she giving me a dollhouse and what does this have to do with anything like we didn't see that and that you would think with the way that you know in the scene before well what we should have seen yeah what we should have seen is a scene where Sarah and Ryan are there when Lexi brings the dollhouse to them and Ryan gives Lexi no quarter and like ushers her out of the apartment. And then Sarah's like, what is the deal with this woman? And then Ryan concocts a fictionalized version of the story that isn't like, I used to have a lot of sex in public places with this girl and I gave her the wrong idea and she's insane. Like (laughs) he could have just said like, he's like, Lexi and I both live here and we used to work together and I think she has a crush on me, but I don't really feel the same way. Something like that. So at least Sarah has a backstory to put two and two together with. Instead, we just have the dollhouse. Right. Um, And Am I right that 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 
Oh, oh, before we go to commercial, there's another scene at Kyle's. Um, Eva's singing. I think it's supposed to be pointed, but it doesn't really work. A song called Best Friends, but... But there isn't really a storyline in this episode that involves best friends going at each other. I thought there might have been a scene where Eve and Amanda did, but there's not. So Peter arrives, and um, Eve says that they want to shoot this commercial next week when she and Peter were supposed to be in Maui. And Peter's just like, then forget it. Then don't take the job, and we'll just go to Maui. Um, And so then he leaves, and he comes to Amanda's office. Again, she's working there late. Tony, the client, is there. And um, Peter's like, yeah, Eve can't do this thing for you after all because she's going to be in Maui on vacation with me next weekend. That's a no-go. So Tony is kind of pissed off, but he doesn't say anything. He just leaves and he tells Amanda to fix it. And instead of really going off on Peter, Amanda just kind of lets go of it and and is like self-pitying again, like we've seen her before with Peter. And he's like, your marriage is over, isn't it? And she's like, it is. And I feel great about it. Um, and Peter just kind of looks at her with pity on the way out. Yeah. Then we go to commercial and then we come back. And I swear I thought this was going to be like a Temple of the Dog music video for like Hunger Strike or something going on. We have lots of slow-mo emoting. We have... Jane sitting, like, walking by the beach, and Kyle (laughs) sitting at the construction site, and Amanda sitting alone, I think, at her office. Um, Looks like she might even be tearing up, but I'm not sure. And we just slow-mo on them with music playing in the background. Around and around we go. They're all thinking something, but we don't know what it is. (laughs) And everyone's sad. And then we move on to Peter and Eve again. And I guess we've come to a, a compromise. Peter has bought Eve all this new lingerie and she is apparently going on the cruise. They aren't apparently going to Maui, but she's like, Peter, I'm taking the lingerie with me because you're going to come with me. I'm only going to perform eight or I'm going to be working eight hours a day. So that gives us 16 hours every day to be alone together on the cruise. So I guess problem solved. Um, And this is another one of the weirdest scenes I've ever seen because it really comes out of nowhere other than, well, you, we knew you knew this guy, stuff was coming. So, yeah. <laughs> so Michael and Lexi are both doing laundry in the, the basement laundry room at the apartment complex. Um, and they're talking about their scheme and how it's not really working. And Lexi, who, remember, used to be good friends with Megan, is calling Megan a slut. And Michael is defending her. And, you know, so they're loading up the washers with the clothes they brought. And then they start taking off their clothes. Michael takes off his shirt. Lexi takes off her top michael takes off his pants lexi takes off something then we start seeing they're pretty clearly taking off all of their clothes michael's taking off his boxers (laughs) megan takes off her underwear um it's so forced and contrived but also like this scene whatever they're talking about isn't really what i would consider foreplay right like this isn't like the sam and diane going off on each other and being like are you as turned on as i am more and then going to town this is like hey i'm talking about lexi hey i'm talking about ryan now we're here in this public space we're gonna take off all of our clothes and that they presume i proceed to have sex on the cold laundry room floor yeah, and if there, I if I'm right, like no, there was no sexual tension leading to this. There they've was no, been there was building nothing. up to this for however many episodes. There have been a lot of moments in each other's apartments and at Kyle's drinking, where it could have led to something, yeah. but it didn't. Right, this is where it is, and there is no tension, right? No, no tension, yeah. no tension leading to this whatsoever. And yeah. in those other scenes where something, you know what I mean? Like I would, I give them props for at least having building some tension between Kyle and Jane as you know, we got yeah, a little bit of yeah. tension there. Um, we've gotten none between Michael and Lexi. Absolutely none. No, like we could see the writing on, I won't say the writing on the wall. We've seen the writing on the script page, but, <laughs> but like you have to give us a little, there has to be some other incitement, some yeah. other impetus that just takes it that one step higher other than like, well, they've had sex with everyone else on the show. So it's time. Yeah. <laughs> why not why not each other yeah. who wait so okay who has michael not slept with on the show i think it's just eve 
Yeah. Obviously, this show is heteronormative, so it would only have been the women. Like, he's been with Megan. We think he's been with Amanda. He's been with Jane. And now he's been with Lexi. Yeah, it's just Eve. Yeah, just Eve. Um, and who has Lexi been with? Uh, Ryan. Ryan. Peter. Everybody but Kyle. Everyone but Kyle. All right, well, there we are. Um, well, and we could go with Amanda, too. Amanda, everybody but... Um, Ryan. Ryan. They get around. On and Jane... Days. I guess really, I guess really just Michael. Michael, yeah. Because everyone else Michael. has been not a regular. Yeah. And Megan was just Michael and Ryan. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of her time was with Coop. Right. Who's no longer with us. Bye-bye, Coop. Bye, Coop. Okay. Um, okay, so Ryan and Megan are at the airport because Sarah is now going to fly back to New York and go back to the school. Again, I feel like someone should be accompanying her on this flight, but okay, fine. Um, she made it on her own before. She can do it again. Sarah, <laughs> I mean, like, that's the pro- That's the concern. So Sarah has gone to get a candy bar, and Ryan and Megan are talking, and they're like, where does this leave us? And they basically decide, we're going to take it slow. We're going to take it slower. But they are going to move forward together again. And then it's time for Sarah's flight, and Megan's like, I think Sarah should stay here. Uh, if we're going to fight, let's fight for custody from L.A. together. And Ryan is like, okay. <laughs> so I guess we're going to see more of Sarah. Yeah. I don't think Sarah's done yet. And then and then we have our final scene, again, which is kind of a weird scene. Because it, it, none of these scenes emerge organically from the ones that came before them. So Amanda comes to Kyle's. She's alone. The place is, I don't know if it's after hours or what, but there's no one there. And there's more flashbacks to when she first invested in the club at the end of season five. So she's remembering, you know, how things started. It's one of those real how it started, how it's going. going. (laughs) And then Kyle shows up and they both apologize to each other. Um, And, and you know, I, I don't remember who says, how did we get here? But Kyle's like, you know, or Amanda says, couples always fight. But Kyle's like, but couples always fight about the small things. And we always fought about the big things. And he says that he has lost her. Um, And he tells her he's selling the club so, so Eve can buy out her half. And he's going to buy. And so he's going to he's going to buy out Amanda's half of the beach house where he's going to live on his own. And Amanda says, forgive me, and they embrace, and she looks sad. And so that's it. This isn't they apologize to get back together. They apologize because the fighting is over, and they're done. Amanda and Kyle are over. Yeah. All 18 marriages and breakups and makeups and two years of uh, screen time as a couple is done. They are over. And at least luckily this time it's not because Kyle cheated. It's not because there was a misunderstanding. They just realized they're different people because the writers made them have new personalities in the last three episodes. So there we are. And that, but like, that is the thing. They, the writers have redrawn Amanda in a way that to me isn't satisfying, but they also want to have their cake and eat it too, because they're saying Amanda is, she's being bad or she's sad or she's being selfish, but they also want us to pity her. Like they want us to hate her right now, but they want us to have pity for her too. And it's just, she's not interesting enough for any of that. Like, I don't feel anything really for Amanda right now. She was so strong in those early seasons because she was a force. She wasn't, you know, if she was a villain, it's because, well, she's now with someone else's boyfriend. Or, well, she's got to make a tough decision at work and someone else got what they maybe kind of had coming, for better or worse. But now it's just like Amanda is just being selfish and and uncompromising. And it's like, okay, fine. If that is the corner you want to draw Amanda into, that's fine. But but you, I don't care. You've made her uninteresting to me. Yeah. Which is a shame. Like... Okay, if you're going to make your stories lame, then, like, make your characters at least interesting. Like, I think 
I think Megan's storylines have been kind of dumb and by the numbers, but I've liked Megan. Yeah. Um, yeah. You I know, for the most part, of... Michael, I like Michael, even though some of the stories are asinine. Yes. And and I think with with Megan, too, I think that. Um... Oh, my God, I just spaced the actor's name. I think she's done a really good job with a role that at some at, at, at often at several at several points has been kind of thankless. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, so I think that, um, you know, I, I think I think that. I don't even know what I think. I, I'm moving on. <laughs> and by moving on, we're moving away from the block. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> four episodes left. That's it. That's it. We're almost we're almost there. <laughs> Almost there. And, and like we said last week, we are going to have like a final episode that's, that kind of looks back in a more positive light beyond uh, the series finale and, and the end of this season. But there are four episodes remaining and that's it. And then Melrose qu- is over. Yeah. I have a question for you, sure. if you remember. Now, is the series finale a two-hour saga or did they just do this in one? No, I think it's a two-hour saga. Oh, Wow. I'm a little surprised. Like, yeah, I could... no, I think even when the storylines are do do, they still do their thing of, but we're gonna fill that time up with as many different changes of direction as we can squeeze in in a finale. I think that's what they're doing. Because it just feels like we're like it really just feels like we're almost there, and everyone's. It just feels like they've been the more end. anemic, so it's like why yeah. bother? Right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm a little surprised that we're gonna get two hours. Yeah. Ugh. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was not like a big deal, but I'm pretty sure they still made it feel like this is a series finale and we're going to treat it like we've always treated them, our show's finales. Well, okay. So I think it's two hours. Sorry. Uh, okay. We're going to go to the boulevard. I don't know what we're talking about today. It'll be an, a lovely surprise. It's going to be a surprise. All right, right, guys. Have a great week. To those who celebrate, happy Rosh Hashanah. And we'll see you next week with the fourth to last episode ever of Melrose Place on the Block. Bye.